Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. Thank you, Judy and Washington. I really appreciate uh, you being here today, and um, it's an awesome time to see this uh, second season. Thanks for having us back. Thank you for having us back, Kenneth. So since the, the last season, I wonder, have any of you studied like the last season, you know, the first season, or have you watched other shows to kind of get better? Or do you guys take the <laughs> approach of, you know, you, the name of the game is being yourself? Like, you know, what do you take a position on that? I actually uh, don't watch reality TV. Um, so I haven't been studying, but I know that Washington, you know, keeps up with social media and what's trending. So he's probably you know, knows what kind of drama we need to have to keep the viewers interested. I've watched our show about, you know, 50 times in different five minute to 10 minute spurts, you know, when I have some focus and I, you know, I pay attention to, you know, what's going on out there in the reality show world. And I'm so glad that I have, you know, the family with the most interesting show out there right now. We don't see a lot of Asians in the mainstream. So proud to be, you know, a Vietnamese. You know, we've seen Korean movies being made in the mainstream. You know, we saw the success of Squid Games. You know, we've seen Japanese movies, Chinese movies, but we haven't seen a Vietnamese family. Um, I hope that this opens up, you know, doors and opens up opportunities for Vietnamese people to to believe in themselves more and take advantage of opportunities. To Washington, you you say you study, you know, it's like studying tape, right? Like a football or or, or... what what have you learned um, as you're going through quote unquote the tapes? You know, you got to give the audience what they want. You know, they want drama, they want a bunch of hoes, they want craziness, and we're gonna provide that. And that's what the hoes do. We get together, we're a team, we're a family. I got to give the audience what it wants. And what the market wants right now is an inspiring story. And I'm very proud of where we've come, you know, as a family, as a community, as Houston, Texas. You know, we never get any attention. Austin, Texas, Dallas, they get all the attention of people <laughs> in Texas. But, you know, Houston, Texas is a fourth largest city in America. And, you know, my family's proud to represent. Judy, as somebody who doesn't consume uh, reality TV, is there a vision that you want to kind of put out there for your family and for society in general to, to kind of think of when they think of the host? When we signed up for this show, I... My goal was once I'm signed on, I'm going to show everything that is going on in my life and just be as, you know, just, just be as genuine as possible. I feel like what I'm going through is relatable to a lot of people and that, you know, when you're trying to like edit yourself or filter yourself, it comes across as disingenuous. And I felt like season one, once, you know, the, my feedback was that um, a lot of people were like, you know, I'm going through the same thing and I can't talk to my parents the way you talk to your parents, you yeah. know? And, you know, once they watched the show, it just kind of gave them, you know, that spark to be like, maybe I could open up to my parents and they would have the same reaction or they, they could, you know, well, later on when you see in season two, you'll just see how far we've come from that first episode where I announced I'm getting divorced, you know? And I just hope that people can just get to know us even better in season two. Yeah, that's the beautiful part of, of watching your family is this idea of, you know, things break down, 
and you mm -hmm. fix them and you go back mm -hmm. and you just keep grinding at it and eventually so that that's sort of like a universal theme that i think um, americans and people around the world can see that Vietnamese people are like everybody else. We go through these struggles and watching this on screen through the eyes of the whole family is just amazing. For us, you know, when you say Asian representation, I don't think that, you know, we can represent every Asian story there is, but for ours, you know, specifically for the Vietnamese immigrant story, I think my parents really encompass that, you know, obviously they came up here during the war and you know where they are today i just feel like the fact that we're even on a, a network like hbo max the fact that my brother had this idea and that all of these things happened to, at this you know it happened i mean when we think about two years ago when we started filming you know hbo max i had never even heard of it back then it was only netflix right so i was thinking like no one's gonna see this show I'll just put it out there. It doesn't really, you know, this isn't going to change much. But once it came out and then we spoke to more people like you and the media, you know, the feedback, uh, you know, whether whether people were hating on us or whether people were inspired by us, either way, we put ourselves out there. And just for people to know that there's this Vietnamese family in Houston, Texas, you know, most like Washington said, people don't really think of this city as like Hollywood or anything like that. It's just, you know, we're on the map at least. You know, for me, when I, you know, helped create the show, I also looked at it from an analytical point of view, like what would make people watch. And, you know, I hope that, you know, people watching Kenneth Wynn and me and Judy interview like this is opening up eyes for other Asians to get together, support each other, especially in the arts. We all need it, you know, and that's probably what I'm really proud about is to bring my family together, to work on one project that will be a legacy project that we'll always have memories of. And, you know, nobody can take that from us, you know, whether, and, you know, we're so fortunate to have a new streaming platform like HBO Max, um, you know, wanna share our story. And it's been one of the most difficult projects I've ever done. And, you know, Giving people hope uh, is what, you know, our family has done. You know, we've had fans around the world that, you know, if our family can do it, then why can't you, you know, step yeah. outside the box. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And, and the family, the way it's your, your family's portrayed is very relatable because no matter how much money or how little money you have, everybody is going through struggle at every level. And that. Yeah. Really, the thing that I hammer home when I talk about the show to friends and, and audience members alike. We're humans, you know, we all have our bad days and our good days. And of course, it would be great to look heroic all the time, but that wouldn't be real. And, you know, it's tough to be vulnerable. And that's what I've learned the most from the show um in our eastern culture you know as asian males we're taught not to be vulnerable but in western culture being vulnerable is courage you know and that's the only way we can grow and you know our communication is key we're leaving it all out there this season kenneth <laughs> you know um Mental health is, is something that we, we talk about uh, every now and then, but I could see, and not to give anything away, but I could see Washington, the amount of work internally that you've done since the first season. I see it. Uh, I see the, it, it, it's very apparent uh, how much the language comes out uh, in terms of the, the help that you've gotten. Uh, I, am I right or am I, you know, am I way off here? You're right. Uh, yes, I, you know, been blessed enough that I was able to get help, you know, and I feel like the hardest thing about getting help is that first day, you know, when you have to tell yourself that you need help. And, you know, my family was there for me. Um, I hope that I can be, you know, from a bad influence into a great influence for people that look like us in our community, which I know suffer from the, the same diseases that I do, but 
you know, when I go to recovery centers or, or therapy centers, it's amazing how I'll talk to the doctors and build relationships. And, you know, you don't see Asian people in there yeah. because we just don't do that. But hopefully through my story, some people can feel like a little bit like they can relate to me and see the benefits of, you know, sobriety. And it's not for everybody, but, you know, that's what I'm really proud about. You know, Judy, have you, do you think that the perceptions of your own community, your own family, the Vietnamese American community at large, do you think there's been a shift in the perception of the House of Hoves or your individual selves uh, from the first season? I feel like if you, you know, just looked at the marketing and just saw a trailer from season one, you would think, oh, this is just another show about, you know, this rich family and they go and they spend money and they have this lavish lifestyle, but not much substance there. Right. But I think that once you actually watch the show and you see the interactions between, you know, me and Washington as siblings, maybe, you know, that was the hook, right? Like I'm going to watch the show because I want to see how these people live. But once they actually get to know us as people, they realize, hey, you know, they, like you said, they're much more similar to me than they watched it. They're probably thinking it was you know, we were these people who are just like not, you know, down to earth or relatable in any way whatsoever. But most of the perception, you know, some perception is not reality, right? So yeah. I think that people perceive that. And the reality is that we are just much more, um, you know, like a close knit family, any home across America that, you know, when we sit out at dinner or, you know, when we film our Sunday brunches, you know, we talk about the same things. And like I said, the pain and the struggle are universal for any family. How, how close are you to the community in terms of hearing the feedback? Uh, you know, most of the feedback I hear is either through social media or Washington will see something and he'll screenshot it and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Washington, you know, he's, he gives me everything I need to know. He's got his ear to the street. <laughs> The best compliments that I get are, you know, I don't, and I don't know if these are real fans or not, but like when you go grocery shopping and some fan comes up to me and talks to me for like three minutes and they're like, man, you're, you're nothing like the guy in the show. I love you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've grown up a little bit since then. But the most amazing part is when you can see yourself, you know, I'm not like, looking at myself like yay like giving myself kudos but i'm like is that i was like i could be better than that you know i'm you know and i don't get like you know overly critical of myself you know <laughs> which in the beginning as reality tv people you'll learn which you know is that when you have to relive these moments it's yeah. like really it's not easy and yeah, because you've already gone through this, but then you got to hear it from a bunch of other people that don't know you. And then like yeah. you block or comment or restrict it and then they get pissed off. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I know one thing is, you know, when in our, in our Vietnamese community, sometimes I feel like instead of pushing each other up, we pull each other down. But sometimes, you know, if 30% of the people would give us a chance, I feel like in the end, 70% of the Vietnamese will love us and 30% are going to think we're annoying and we're stupid. <laughs> Why would we do this? But that's what makes the TV show interesting is that if we had a hundred percent of the people like us, that would mean that we're fake as hell. Yeah. And you know, I, yeah, it's, it certainly makes you more self-aware when you do a show like this and you hear feedback about your life. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think the fact that our family even took this chance and took this risk to put mm. ourselves out there, you know, not knowing like how we would be portrayed or how this would play out. You know, I think that in itself is something that, you know, people should appreciate instead of just, you know, being judgmental. Cause you know, they don't know the whole story. You know, you watch these 30 minute episodes but, you know, that that was like, what, a week's worth of filming. You know what I mean? So the show is real, 
but there's just a lot more nuance to it than what people realize. Yeah. And, and Kenneth, I, yeah, when you're, when you're at the right place at the right time, you know, a little luck goes your way. That's how, you know, we got the show, you know, our show, it premieres tomorrow on HBO max, August 25th house of the dragon premiered last night, 10 million viewers. So two days later, you can see house of hope. It's, I mean, it's going to be huge. You know, this idea of, of Washington getting better, you know, it's, it's a bittersweet thing for me because if, if, if Washington got better in one season, there'd be nothing to watch. But at the same time, what I'm beginning to see is the, I, I can empathize with your journey. And even though I don't have the same conflicts or same life struggles, I can empathize. And now I actually want to see in the next 10 years where Washington is going, <laughs> right? And I tell that to HBO Max right now. I, I would love to see where Judy grows into and how she deals with Washington, Washington deals with Leslie. I, I want to see this family. I'm like invested now, not just as a Vietnamese person. Now, as an audience person uh, in Asia, as an Asian American, I want to see where we go, where we go, where Washington goes. So do you think, do you think for 10 seasons in every season, I should try to find a new career? <laughs> well, you know, you, you can just follow Washington on, on Instagram. You know, he shares his life very much so. So you can always keep up with Washington. <laughs> Well, you know, Washington, let me ask you, you know, what is the, the hard part about your current career with the cars? What's what's difficult? What's the hard part of that journey? The hardest thing is kind of like what Sammy said in season one. My job is to make Washington look like he has a real job. <laughs> so for me, it's selling cars. The hardest part about it, I will say, is right now, Okay, I didn't realize I was a public figure before I started selling cars. I didn't know I'd be out on the lot seeing new people. Some of them were fans. And then with inventory problems now, my boss wants me to sell cars for 15 grand over sticker. And I look like a really rich dude on TV. And so after 90 days, I was like, I can't do this right now. Like, I can't. You know, it was just, and, you know, missing my kids, my family at the same time. I have to remember, you know, my job is not to just make money or produce. It's to be a father, a husband. Um, yeah, of course we have to produce, uh, but I need to find something that also helps my mental health. Um, I've learned that, you know, a little exercise each day, it's really important for me or I won't have that right calmness that I need. Um, yeah. But yes, selling cars, it's pretty fun. Um, it's one of the hardest jobs I've ever seen. I mean, the hours are crazy, but everybody there is resourceful and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, it sounds like a tough job. It's not easy. Yeah. Uh, Judy, yeah. From a mental and an emotional perspective, uh, were there any struggles to get back to taping the second season? Uh, you mean personally? Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm assuming you've seen episode one where, you know, we share what Nate went through um, off camera. It's pretty... Uh, um, and, you know, that was a tough time for Nate. And, you know, my goal at the time was just to be there for him and to just like block everything out and just, you know, I and that everything was about Nate and letting him have his space and letting him grieve and letting him try to, you know, find his way back. So when it came to filming, we did postpone it for a few months for that reason. You know, when once we started filming again, it, it was definitely um, took a lot more effort, like you said, mentally and emotionally, because, you know, when things are going great in life, it's easy to share that. Right. Like, yeah. oh, I'm falling in love in season one. I'm going I'm 
you know, going through all these great things and that's easy. But when you're hurting and when you're, when your partner is suffering, like the worst pain in the world, um, that, that was hard and, and it was hard for Nate. And I think you'll see that in season two, you don't see much of Nate for that reason. Um, but for me, it was, um, you know, I wanted to be there for my family and I did share a little bit about our IVF process. And that was hard because we had an implant that was not successful. And that's right when we started filming, but by then everything, you know, had already been in the works and I knew everyone was going to wait around for me. So we decided to share that in real time. And thankfully our pregnancy went well. And, um, you know, I'm really focused on being a mom right now. And Nate is, you know, you get to see more of him and how he's doing. Well, congratulations, first of all. Oh, thanks. You know, I, I thought about that when um, the whole tragedy went down in my mind. And I was thinking a lot about, you know, if I was Judy, it would almost be impossible to come back to, mm -hmm. you know, how do you recover and how do you get back to quote unquote work um, on a show like that when mm -hmm. that real life stuff happens. And uh, I just can't imagine dealing with it and, and, and just punching through and going through with the taping of the second uh, season. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think the IVF was, you know, a source of like hope for us. And uh, that's, that's what we focused on during filming. Well, thanks for sharing. What Washington for you, was there a struggle to come back for season, uh, season two? You know, after filming season one, you know, we had all the stay at home COVID measures. So of course we were used to staying at home and I missed filming, but you know, I just wasn't ready. You know, my 40th birthday was coming up and I was trying to figure out life. And fortunately, you know, like Judy said, you know, our family was going through a lot at the time. Um, but yeah, it took, it took a lot to get the gas back in the tank. But when you think of such a great opportunity yeah. to, you know, have the potential to help others, you know, change their lives and be inspired to, you know, build their, their legacy, you have to do it. You got to get up, you know, the more uh, airtime we have, I think the more responsibility we also have to our community. Uh, I want to ask you about the 40th birthday. Um, before <laughs> going into the 40th birthday, right? You you seem to have been doing a lot better, and you uh, you I think it, you start to abstain from alcohol, right? Right. Now uh, you know, for us as alcoholics and addicts, a lot of times, you know, I've, which I've been battling this for a lot of people don't know, but pretty much all my life is that. You know, we have a winning streak and then we think we're in control of our lives. And I fell victim to that. You know, I thought, oh, well, I haven't, you know, I had a drink, you know, I'll just have a sit. Like, it's no big deal. You know, I was just, it's my 40th birthday. I got to see what happens, you know. And that's something that, you know, I've recently been learning. Um got to own my truth it's not a temporary thing uh i've seen a few of my friends you know who aren't here with us today you know fall victim to this tragic disease and i didn't create the show to be the spokesperson for asian you know sobriety but you know i'm proud that i am that person now and you know we all need help and hopefully through my story which you know, is a story about a father, a husband trying to be the best he can be, trying to be the best son makes, you know, tries to make everybody happy, but he can't make himself happy. And in season two, I find something that finally makes me happy. I've drawn, you know, a line in the sand and said, here's, this is who I am. And I got inspired by, you know, my sister stepping up for all Asian females out there, 
who are not happy but afraid of their own parents but you know it's you can't just like leave a guy hanging like if you're not happy talk about it and if it doesn't work it doesn't work you know yeah. um, so my sister going through so much i'm like well you know i can't be a i can't be scared you know you know and, a recurring yeah. takeaway for me throughout of hose i mean first and second season for me is uh i've mentioned it before is like how hard and exhausting you know dealing with vietnamese families are right that that internal sort of like that internal dynamic is so much to deal with but it's also uh, you know it's it, it happens and occurs in you know every culture uh the beauty of, that i'm seeing uh, in the second season as well as the first is this idea like i said it's reconstruction you know takes shape uh can you share any thoughts um about you know your idea of what it takes to rebuild severed ties or families that don't talk to each other anymore i'm not asking you to give advice but i'm asking you to share your thoughts on you know especially vietnamese families where there's so much judgment involved how do we kind of address that how do we can you share some because i saw some really cool things that was happening in season two that i'm like it touched me so much i had to to ask that I'm probably not the spokesperson for that, but what you'll see this season is my in-laws come in for a surprise visit. And, you know, it's, uh, it was, it was hard to do. I love my, I love my in-laws, you know, but it's always a lot of pressure when they come in They're My wife's family's from North Vietnam. My family's from South Vietnam. So, you know, it's just a clash every time. T tell me about what, what's the difference? Why do you bring up the North and the South culturally uh, <laughs> in, in your, in your situation? The South is always better. No, um, <laughs> I would say there's a certain level of customs that my parents-in-law like me to do. And it's, you know, I'm so used to hanging out with my parents or their friends. So I'm not used to it, but you know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say Washington's in-laws are a lot more formal. You know, yeah. they expect you to like bow, like bow every time you see them and like dial back and all of that. And, you know, our family is much more casual. We're just like, oh, hi, dad. Hi, mom. And, you know, because we see each other so often, probably. And, you know, uh, I just think that it puts a lot of pressure on Washington. And, you know, that's been hard for him. But, you know, hey, you know, they still love him and they still come visit him. Because <laughs> they have to. <laughs> it's not because they want to. Yeah, Northern culture is very formal. Yes. Formal in the, the way they carry themselves. It's almost kind of like East Coast, West Coast here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Yankees or Southerners, you know? Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very similar to Yankees and so Southerners. That, that's a better uh, analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, the immediate family, you know, mom, dad, uh, Reagan, both of you, has the dynamic shifted since uh, you all began um, the first season? Um, you know, I think that now that we've shared literally everything that's going on with our lives, you know, it's all out there. I feel like it was a form of therapy for us, really. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents have said how they feel about my life and I've shared my life with them. So in a way, we've all had a chance since then to process everything that's been said and done. And, you know, we're starting season two more unified, I would say. Yeah. But, you know, throughout the episodes, you'll see here and there where some of us want to make changes in our lives where our parents are not, you know, as enthusiastic. Um, but, you know, that comes with not just with the show where my parents now expect us and know that, hey, we're going to we're going to be talking about everything, you know, and we're not going to be hiding anything. Um I would say at the end of the day, you know, we're even even closer than we were when we first started this project. A lot of respect to your father. 
Um, <laughs> for putting up with us? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, uh, there's a conversion process that's happening in front of the audience. We get, we really get to see the growth of this man and, mm -hmm. and the words that he says are, I hope that other Vietnamese parents of his generation yes. can see the changes, the, the, the metamorphosis of the way he's thinking. He said some things that, oh my God, were breathtaking for me because I was like, oh my God, I, I need my mom to hear this and <laughs> to really, really I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He really does, you know, a lot of his thoughts and ideas that uh, he held for so long, you know, yeah. I feel like once the show came out, he realized, you know, my children are going to live their lives no matter what, you know, and for me to be a part of that life, I'm going to have to embrace maybe some of these new ideas. It's not easy for him, I know. But at yeah. some point, you know, you just have to let go and uh, trust your children. Yeah, I mean, you know, a theme that I struggle with every now and then is, you know, would you want your mom and dad to have been different or more relaxed or it, there's a beauty to kind of dealing with this toughness that uh, that they have. You mean like that that if, if they had been more relaxed, I wouldn't be the person who I am yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have gone to less therapy, maybe. <laughs> uh, um, you know, yeah, it made me tougher, thicker skin, thicker skin, stronger. Um, the way I was raised, but at the same time, I do crave, you know, now that I have my own children, I would have, I crave some of that, that softness, that, um, that feeling of no matter what, you know, I'll come back to my parents and they will, you know, you know, accept me for who I am. I mean, that would have been nice to grow up with <laughs> instead of like, this is the path I want you to follow. And if you don't do that, there will be consequences. You know, I know my parents were thinking long-term, like, I just want them to have a stable life. I'm looking out for you. And this is how I see things playing out. But, um, you know, yeah, it, it and, turned out fine. <laughs> yeah. And the, the dynamics, I mean, it's brought up in the, in the current season, the dynamics of, you know, uh, Vietnamese parents, uh, the way they treat, uh, different kids. It's very, mm -hmm. um, explicit in the difference that they do. It's not the same, right? Right. Yeah. Washington. I, I, I think, I think Washington, you know, even though we were raised in the same house with the same parents, we have totally different experiences. I had, you know, pressures in a different way, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, my dad had certain things he wanted me to do. He wanted me to go to law school like my sister took the LSAT like 50,000 times, but it it just wasn't computing, you know? Like I'd leave after section one, like, dude, there's no way I get a 150 on this. <laughs> with my GPA, like it's not gonna work out. And, you know, I worked with my sister and, you know, I've tried different businesses. And, you know, these are things that my father would say are easy, you know, and it just wasn't computing for me. And, you know, I don't know if it's a Vietnamese thing, but I know a lot of my other Vietnamese friends had a lot of the same pressures as we did. Um, you know, my parents, you know, just gave me a lot of leeway as well. You know, my dad always believed that you need to have money, but if I don't give you money, you might get it, you know, get money the wrong way. You know, he was dealing with like people burglarizing and robbing his stores every day when we were growing up and I don't know if that rubbed off on him, but my parents were also big believers like other Vietnamese that you shouldn't owe anybody anything, you know, you should be able to pay back twice. And so, you know, like, I don't know what would have happened if my dad and mom were nicer to me or let me get away with more things, but I'm pretty confident that, you know, no matter where we are at, at in life, we're blessed as Vietnamese people in the way our parents love us, put us before them, you know, and, and take such, you know, pride in the fact that we're in America and we can make anything happen and put us in the best schools. God, that is, that is such a key theme for Vietnamese people that 
what you Washington, you just nailed it. They put us ahead of them. Yeah, the, the sacrifice. Part. The sacrifice, yeah. Yes. And uh, it doesn't show up in a lot of other, other cultures. I can say that uh, that other cultures maybe have, you know, financial comfortability ahead of, you know, our our generation or our um, our group of people. But the the yeah. amount of sacrifice that that we experience, it is uh, it, it's not like it's not normal. Sometimes when yeah. I think about it, yeah, they, they really do will go to the ends of the earth to 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 really take care of us. Mm hmm this idea of being you know 18 and getting the hell out of the house is is not uh, that is not something that we we believe in. <laughs> no. it's more like when you're 81 you're you're allowed to leave the house <laughs> but that's a, that's a thing right i think that this whole multi-generational three generations living in the same house is a real healthy thing you know when we say we live two doors down from our parents it's not like a normal two doors. It's like 50 yards or 100 yards. It gives us the perfect amount of exercise when we're hungry to go drop in and say hi to mom and dad. And what I know is, you know, as we get older, if we feel like we don't have a purpose, then we feel like we, we get forgotten about. And the thing that makes me proud is that, you know, we can go visit my parents and say, I love you. Like they live that close. So why don't we do that? You know, and, you know, they're still a big part of our lives. And that's why I wanted to pull them in the show to show them that, Hey, I still need you to make, you know, some of my dreams come true. I need your story. And so our parents putting, you know, us before them, that's why my parents got on the show. It's definitely not for, you know, for, I mean, you know, it, it's because Washington, their son had a dream, you know, and I wanted to do it. And I yeah, and they did it. Yeah. Me, yeah. me and my mom have talked about this extensively because, you know, we're me and Nate are in the process of renovating our house and we have this back house. And my mom's already told me, like, how she wants the layout and how she wants it to be done. And I was like, oh, why, why do you care so much? She's like, Oh, my plan has always been, you know, when I get older, should anything happen, I would live with my daughter and you're my only daughter. Wow. So that's always been something in the back of my mind, you know, um, and that's something that I would welcome. You know, she our mom is so close to us and her grandchildren, they go over there, they spend the night, they come for dinner. You know, it's it's, you know, a childhood where my children can grow up and at any moment they can go see grandma and grandpa or their aunt and uncle and all their cousins and they grow up together. You know, and me and Washington had a lot of cousins that we grew up with. And, you know, your cousins are your best friend, your first best friends, I would say. Yeah. What a what a beautiful and lucky um, situation mm -hmm. to be in. It, really, money can't buy that, you know. Yeah, that 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 has yeah. nothing to do. Yeah, that's just when we when we annoy each other. You know, we just we, go back to our own houses yeah, and it's far <laughs> enough away where you don't have to see the other person. So do you both, you know, going back to that whole social media stuff, you know, do you guys, <laughs> do you go back to each other's stuff and, and look at, you know, how things are being said online or what's that social media control energy for each other? Do you look out for each other and, and, um, you know, warn each other or say, Hey, you know, Washington, that's that you shouldn't have said that, you know, is there any of that I, internally? I when didn't. Washington posts something that I didn't like, I, I just comment delete in all caps. <laughs> she doesn't like something I do. It's like delete or I'll hear from production or, uh, you know, you know, when we were growing up and we're Vietnamese going back to that, we're only taught like, okay, do your math or go read or study. Like, we don't have many people to run to, to ask about how do you do this social yeah. media or how do you do this reality show? Do you know somebody in this industry? It's like literally our family went into this thing blind. Um, but you know, sometimes we have to pave the way. My dad was one of the first gas station owners after working at a gas station. And after he built 20 of them, he, taught the community how you could own one and franchise one and finance and create a business out of it. That's what we're doing here. You know, it's like this opportunity came and I was like, okay, 
if I say no, and we probably have to wait another 10 or 20 years if some other Vietnamese family might get an opportunity. But if I say yes, then, you know, we're going to go into this blind and just do the best we can. And fortunately, it's it's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say we're always looking out for each other. And, you know, social media nowadays, you know, it can be vicious out there. You know, these are anonymous people sitting behind their computers and judging you on, you know, like I said, a small snippet of your life. Um, and, you know, Washington, I feel like is very aware of what people comment on his stuff. And me, I delete and block most of it. Or sometimes I just even turn off commenting on mine because, you know, I just, you know, people forget that this reality show at the same, it, it's a job for us, right? Yeah. And, you know, my job is to promote the show and to post certain things about it. And, you know, sometimes I don't want to hear it from people. And uh, that's for my own peace of mind and my own mental health. Um, and, you know, I, my real life is not as exciting. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just proud that, you know, I, 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 my cousins, Belle and Kim, you know, they're the new cast members. And I told them, you know, while we're promoting, you guys need to just remember to have a thick skin and not be sensitive to other people's comments when this all comes out. And just to remember to make sure that your real life is better than what your Instagram life looks like, because you can always fall back on that. You know, if you're constantly living for people to like, like your pictures or like, oh, you're so perfect or whatever, that's just, you know, that's false hopes. That's just yeah. not something you can build a foundation on. Yeah, that, that's very, you have a very healthy mindset, Judy, and your cousins are lucky to, to get those wise words from you. Yeah, because, you know, they're in their early 20s and man, they're all about social media. Yeah, it's a different, uh, it's yeah. a different game at that level. Yeah. Now, the, the, the new characters on the show this season, uh, was it more complicated to kind of go through all of this? Uh, or was it a welcome layering uh, on the new season? Um, I enjoyed having them because, uh, you know, a different perspective, you know, me and Wash, we're all in our 40s, we're married with kids. And just to add, you know, uh, a different look about what it's like to grow up in the whole family. Um, what's it like to be single in the city of Houston? It's just different stories, different perspectives. And I think people um, will really enjoy that, especially our younger audience. And I think you know that um, one of our cousins, Belle, her mom is, is Tanha, the Vietnamese singer. So, you know, a lot of my mom's generation are interested in what she's up to and her daughter. Brilliant. I, I think it's brilliant that two di different demographics were served in that mm -hmm. one family, you know, yes. story. Tanha is huge. And mm -hmm. uh, I actually talked to her two weeks ago. I had no idea she was on the show. Yeah. I talked to her like a, two weeks ago about coming on the podcast because somebody said that her story is, you know, amazing because of her background. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. It's 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 a stroke of genius from from the producers or whoever brought this storyline in. I, I and I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, you have the young segment and you have this Paris by Night uh, demographic mm -hmm. that is just awesome to 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 uh, to see. You know, for me, after seeing season one and kind of analyzing the numbers, you know, from the audience and the fans, it was like eighty percent female and twenty percent male, and you know. I went to my cousins, the most beautiful single girls I could find and be like, hey, get on the show. I need more males to watch this show. Mm. One thing that brings males to TV is single, pretty girls, you know? Um, so it was a business strategic move, but also, you know, a way to round out the family, give other viewers a perspective, skew, you know, the younger 18 to 30 demographic, and I think Bell and Kim did a great job. A beautiful showcase of, of the Vietnamese. Uh, it's an important ceremony. I'm not going to give it away. That happens. And in it, Nate uh, says, <laughs> he says something that's really <laughs> funny. In all honesty, a lot of these traditions are lost on me, right? <laughs> and I thought that was really poignant at the time because uh, a lot of this stuff, we don't even know. I'm, I don't even know if our parents know why some of these <laughs> things are happening in these ceremonies, right? But the beauty of this show is that we get to experience it and mm -hmm. we get to see it. We get to see how beautiful the colors are and how ornate the designs are. 
Um, how do you hope these portrayals will have an effect on American society in general? Well, I hope that, you know, I mean, you would think, you know, Nate was actually born in Vietnam, right? And he came over here very young. And for someone like him to be like, oh, these traditions are lost on me. You know, that's great. That's only one generation, right? I can't even imagine my children's generation, you know, they'll have no idea about, you know, the symbolism behind these traditions. And I just hope that, you know, anyone who's watching the show, that's just a glimpse into um, the Vietnamese culture. And, you know, like you said, like how even the littlest thing, there's meaning behind it. Every single gift that is brought to the ceremony, yes. every single um our ancestors, everything is brought into this. And I just hope that, you know, maybe it, it's lost on Nate, but hopefully it's not lost on everyone else watching the show. You know, I remember when I got engaged to Leslie and, you know, her family being traditional wanted me to do the same engagement ceremony. Um, I just hope that, you know, us showing it on TV, everyone else tries to keep as many traditions as yeah. We have over here in america you know yeah, i want my kids and and you know that generation to be proud of our culture and that we don't get a we don't forget who we are you know uh, a year ago I, I asked my mom that i wanted to go make an yai for myself and she said well men don't typically wear yais it's really yeah. just black yais in the north but now we're starting to see how cool it is for a man to wear an yai and how mm -hmm. ornate and yeah, I you know I, I saw your dad's oh yeah I, uh, I think it was denim yeah uh, it was like a denim fabric and I was like shout out to Levi's <laughs> Levi's uh, head of marketing you're joking yeah. yeah head of Levi's you know which is a huge brand in Vietnam and all Vietnamese love Levi's that was their first pair of denim and jeans I called them up and said hey guys I want an Aoyai in oh. denim. And they were like, oh, we'll custom make one for us. So shout out to Levi's and Melissa, the Vietnamese head of marketing. She made one for my dad, myself, and my son. And we're all matching at the engagement party. That, that's, so I, I want the audience to know this was not planned at all. You know, this is something I, I caught. I have it in my notes and I wanted to bring it up because the intersection of Vietnamese and Vietnamese America and America, like a long tradition of, of Levi's and you could see it. It's like, we don't often see, I've never seen denim on an Aoyai. And I was like, yep. is that denim that he's wearing? <laughs> you know? And yeah. and it's just such a bold look. It, it it felt like it really does have that Houston flavor. When I think about, <laughs> you know, the wild west or, you know, just these weird, silly kind of like, you know, thoughts that we have. And I was like, mm -hmm. looking at it, I'm, I was like, oh my God, he's wearing denim Aoyai. You just don't see yeah. that. And so, yeah. You know, I'm I'm so glad that there's a real backstory to to uh, the denim out. Yeah, we've got great fans on House of Ho. You know, Melissa from Levi's head of marketing reached out, and she, you know, was gracious. And you know, my dad loved Levi's growing up. I mean, it's just a huge American company and brand for all Vietnamese, and we wanted to represent. Yeah, it looks tight. Hopefully they're going to create some line that uh, we can just ready yeah. to wear it. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, really emotionally hard hitting moments in these new episodes that they eventually play out very warmly. And, you know, there's amazing payoffs. But I wondered, as I'm watching it, that if you guys, any anybody ever had second thoughts about allowing producers to to use this material? Because I can't imagine just going through that and going, no, 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 I'm, I can't, we can't, I don't want that in there. I, I didn't have any moments where I felt that, you know, I should stop talking or filter myself necessarily. Um, I will say that doing a show like this, you place a lot of trust in the producers and the yeah. editing, because obviously, you know, they can make any scene look two different ways based on, you know, how they, you know, whatever we're saying and how they, um, place in a certain scene and the timing and everything like that. Um, for me, the only hard part was, you know, just with everything Nate going through just to be sensitive to him and at the same time still sharing what I was going through with my life. So that was a balancing act. And um, 
but I, I, you know, I try to shield Nate from that as much as I can. Yeah. You know, it's, I, going back to what Judy said earlier, I have no idea what she's talking about when she says, oh, it's really easy to film when you're happy and things are going great. You're falling in love. I haven't had that for two seasons. So <laughs> when producers are coming in and filming me, it's always, it's, it's, I'm, I always think it's at the wrong moment. I'm like, why are y'all here now? Like last month, I was looking good. I was looking, I felt good. I had things going right. Um, yeah, it's tough, but I enjoy it. You know, I, I was made for the spotlight. I'm a Leo. I'm here to represent all hoes around the world, and, <laughs> you know, Vietnamese. And, and you know, I my dream was always that, you know, my son would, the first day of school, they would hear his last name Ho, and instead of laughing at him, they'd be like, hey, man, you're from that Ho family, which is cool, represent, you know, because I I went through the first day of school, and it's, you know, when you're only, only Vietnamese, you know, back when we were young, Kenneth, you know, you have different people calling you names, and being Asian, uh, you know, it's not always easy. I want to end on this uh, question. Um, the House of Ho, the show covers a very specific niche of, of the Asian American experience. What do you think was the magic from season one that led to the renewal of season two? I really think it's because we were real and we were genuine and we really did share the ugly parts of our lives. You know, people you know, they want to know what's going on and they get curious and they get invested, like you said. And I think that's just what keeps people coming back. They just want to know what's going on with the Ho family. And hopefully they join us tomorrow on August 25th to find out on HBO Max. My parents' inspirational story. It's a positive story, you know, and half of the, you know, all of the audience, you know, love Judy, love Leslie. And maybe half of them, I drove crazy. And so even when something's really bad or shitty, you got to see it, right? So come see me tomorrow on HBO Max, August 25th. I'm going to make you proud this season, guys. It's well, like I'm when there's a car accident on the freeway and everyone's rubbernecking because they want to see what's going on like that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see what the hoe's up to. I, I, I have a different take, Judy. Uh, I'm not rubbernecking for the accident, but for me, it's like watching a, a seedling grow. Um, oh. And I'm here for that. I, I want to see the entire family, uh, this forest of, of badass trees, uh, you know, <laughs> come Thank up you. in the in the environment and uh, make us all proud. And, you know, however, you know, whatever the process takes, you know, just watching the work, you know, the quote unquote, the work, the, the mental work, the all of the metamorphosis that is required uh, to become better people is something I think the show uh, is really showcasing. So, you know, thank you. And I have so much appreciation for both of you spending time with me. Uh, and I hope to do this year after year after year until we all get really old and we can't. <laughs> hey, even if we don't have the show, we'll come back and update you on our lives. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Judy. Thank you so much, Washington. I really appreciate both of you. All right. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you. See you tonight. <laughs>